Hey besties, it's Everything's Not Fine. Good morning. Hello. And we're back, guys. We're still here. We're still kicking. That's right. So what have you been up to? What's new? Um, you know, just some things. Just some things. I don't know. I'm not prepared to answer these questions. Why? <laughs> Kel's been feeling a little under the weather, so she's been oh, just true. trying to get better. I'm going to tell the people what I just told you. I woke up this morning to my husband deciding I needed to handle some household business immediately because he's an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and my brain is everywhere because I've been like... Pull up this bank record. Do this. Do that. All the things. I don't know how I am. Except for we have a new checking account at a local bank. That's what I know. (laughs) Well, that was pretty productive for the morning. I'm impressed. (laughs) Me too. I just want to have some Starbucks and ease in my day. Nope. Happy Monday. Yeah, good luck to that, for real. Happy Monday and happy Halloween. <gasps> it's my favorite day. Ooh. Yeah, when you all listen to this, it will be after Halloween, but we are recording Halloween yes. morning. Just know, my heart is happy. It is Halloween. That's right. Do you have big plans? Are you going to be handing up candy? There will be candy. I don't know how many children we will get. We've never been here before. True. So... I bet you have a lot. I feel like it's a good kid neighborhood. Maybe, but we're really close to like a new, a brand new young family neighborhood. And mm. I just wonder if like that will be an insulated little space. Because ours be. is a little older neighborhood. I feel like we have more older kids. So Yeah, that's ours too. We have, it's like, there's a couple of families, like our direct neighbors have little kids, but oh. most of the families are like our we're the young ones compared to most yeah. people. So it's yeah. I, I'm sure over the next ten years it will probably start shifting, you know, yeah. as people like downsize and then new younger families come in. But right now, kind of a lot of older kids. So yeah. we're fuddy duddies and just turn our lights off. Yes. But we are we like to go to my brother in law and sister in law's house because they live in a good kid neighborhood. And oh, we go watch all the kids in their cute costumes and such. Oh, cute. Yeah. I love so. it. We still we get to a, take it in. We have a friend that has a four-year-old, and I just want to go watch her do Halloween. I'm going to call her when we get done here and say, what are you guys doing? Are you trick-or-treating? Can I come? Oh, my God. Seriously. I miss it. Yeah. Well, all the little kids and their creativity, they kill me. It's adorable. Oh, my Lord. Yes. I love a good, clever costume. Oh, gosh. I was sending Ellie... Oh, God. Now we're just on a Halloween roll. I was sending Ellie um, pictures of all of her previous costumes. Um, Oh, cute. She was wanting to see them, so I had to go through the archives and find them and text them to her. And, man, that kid, she has created her own costume since she was four years old. And, wow, does she have some... Her very first ever was a zombie corpse bride or something like that. She (laughs) took like four costumes and combined them and made this. She knew what she wanted. And she's always chosen dark things, which probably should have been a clue (laughs) way back when. But she was always this little bright and sunshiny sweetheart. And um, Halloween was her day to be like not herself and this dark side would come out now every day is halloween so (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing my kids i loved halloween and i loved just just before it and just after because you could get great costumes for cheap like because my kids were big dress-up kids like they were always dressing up so it was halloween every day at our house love it (laughs) yeah yeah Anyway, I do miss those little, those little people. Do you ever just miss your little kids? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have little kids again. I don't want to start over 
for God's sake. Mm -mm. But I do miss my kids as little people. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll have that, like, ache. Like, oh, remember. Yes. But I had a good 10 years, at least, of being like babies. Ew. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Like, little, "Mm, no, I'm good. Thanks, though. Uh, but I will tell you what I have. A, I have a little secret that I'm realizing starts happening. Uh, as I have kids that are potentially within the next five years, probably of having their own. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, and they're having some weird like because so Jehu and Taya are engaged, and there's some like they definitely notice little kids and babies that are cute and pointed out all the time, oh. and it's rubbing off. But it's so funny because it's different. It's not like, oh, I want them. I'm like, oh. So like I'm now having these moments of realization of like I was washing Taya's hair because I colored her hair this weekend, touched it up for um, some pictures. And I was rinsing her hair and I was like, oh, someday we're going to wash your babies in this sink. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, it always has to be quickly followed up with not that that's any pressure. You have no pressure. That's not a pressure thing. Right. Right. It'll just be fun someday. Yes. <laughs> but but it is funny how many it's kind of come around the bend again yes. in a different way of like, oh, that will be wild and fun. Like Aww. that's so crazy. But anyway. I love it. Super digression. But these are the things that make getting old so amazing. I don't care what anybody says. I love middle age. It's true. Well, so it reminds me, so last podcast, if you guys have been listening. I had shared that I was looking forward to we were going to have our an elephant night with Taya. Mm-hmm. And we had that. Um, now it's been a couple weeks ago. But we had that. And it was so special. We just cried our little eyes out and super meaningful. Mm-hmm. In fact, she said the next time, uh, well, I'm going to I want to get a tattoo here soon. And I haven't had one before this because I haven't had like what do I want on my body the whole forever? Yes. Yes. Um, but I know I've known that I wanted to do an elephant tattoo mm-hmm. like on my foot, like on the side of it or something. Ooh, and okay. so, yeah, it'll be great. And she said that when I get it, she wants to get an elephant <gasps> one too. Oh shit. I know. I know. It's so sweet. It was so meaningful. So I know you guys, if you don't know the story, go back. We've got some pods about that, but Um, it was just a beautiful night where Taya, my future daughter-in-law and my daughter Roz, and then, um, my sister-in-law and a couple of my very best friends all came together and just sort of had a night with Taya just to express sort of community and, and to, you know, share like you didn't, you weren't born into this, but now like we want to be these people for you and we want to be there for you. We love you and embrace you and, and different ones had different things to share. And it was super sweet. Like um, one of the things Kelly actually shared was, you know, someday I want to, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be here for you and, you know, hold your baby so you can go take a shower and just (laughs) different sweet sentiment things that are just real life, you know? Yes. Um, And like my sister-in-law had said, you know, we're not afraid no matter what you're going through. We want to walk through life with you. And Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be amazing, beautiful things. There's going to be a lot of regular stuff and, and even the hard stuff. We're not afraid. We, we want to walk with you through all of it. We want you to know that you have a safe place to land and just things like that. It was just super beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And just sort of even sharing how we all different ones of us, as their relationship progressed, felt that in our own hearts of like when, when something shifted to like, Oh, I think this is, I think they're going to get married. I think this is like a forever thing. And, and just sort of all of us having our individual moments of sensing that too. And it was, it was really beautiful. I don't want to go too much into it because it was just so special. And honestly, I just don't want to (laughs) sob all episode, but it was, it was amazing. And yes, yeah, so at some point when I get my elephant tattoo, which will probably be, I think, in January, because Roz also wants to get one, oh. uh, we're probably going to do a three, you know, three at a time. But she, but 
I'm making her wait till she's 18 and she'll be 18 at the end of December. So (laughs) you're such a mom. I love it. Well, here's the thing. I've gotten so much criticism from my oldest about like, it's not fair. I had to whatever. And now you let them do it at this time. And that sucks. And obviously that's an exaggeration of his voice, but whatever. And so (laughs) I've just had certain things that I'm like, I'm holding the line. Okay, fine. Yeah. So the tattoo thing, I'm like, no, you have to wait till you're 18. Because even yeah. Noah has already been asking, because of course, the youngest. Yeah. Of course. <sighs> so some things you just gotta hold hold the line. Yes. Good job. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. Well, it's probably a really dumb stuff to hold the line, but I, it's just some things. Like I literally have to look at Jehu's eyeballs and be like, we're making a memory right now. Yeah. I'm holding the line. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to suffer so much, but <laughs> I, know. I know there's been plenty of like, I'm really sorry we made that a really important thing when in all reality that was not important. I apologize and we learned that through you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for teaching us so much. You're such a hero. I know. But you know, when the oldest comes home and, and looks around and goes, What kind of ship are you running here? <laughs> when it comes to certain things where the youngest is trying to push his way through, you suddenly go, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's, it might be time. Yeah. So I just tell Ellie, like whenever she's like, I'm like, honey, you wore us out. Okay. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. broke us. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> you can be mad all you want, but it's really your fault that we <laughs> can't care anymore. We gave all of our fucks on you. Now we have zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true although if I'm honest it's uh it's really it's Noah he's our wearing down one he yeah. is Mr. Persistent uh which will hopefully make him a really good adult but yes we've had a lot of like all right we're course correcting again all right I know I've said this before but we're course correcting again <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these beautiful, wonderful kids of ours. I just adore them. Absolutely. It's, they're hilarious. So anywho, yeah. Yeah. So that's what's up at our house too. It's it's good. Yes. Oh man. It's, it feels like it's been a month since we last recorded. I just, holy Moses. Partially because I crammed a lot of things into two weeks. Yeah. Which is part of what we're going to discuss today is my disorders. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I think, put it simply, we just don't tend to do anything halfway. I try so hard. I try so hard to do things halfway. So, those of you who follow me on social media will know it's been, it's been a lot. And it's this is not going to be another episode of me talking the whole time because newsflash Nicole also has this disorder. <laughs> so we're gonna we were talking yesterday, making a plan for today, and she was like, "How would you feel about talking about blah blah blah?" And I was like, "That's perfect because so do you." <laughs> I feel so exposed. How dare you call me out? Um, no, we, um, so when, you know, I've talked about this for a while, I, um, started studying, um, well, last year I became a Reiki practitioner, like officially who I've practiced on my dogs and my family for <laughs> quite a while, but not any other people. Um, but I've been studying like that whole thing and for quite a while. So when we moved to Spokane, I knew that I wanted to kind of, um, dive into that a little more and expand possibly who I practiced with. And I don't know, all kinds of things. Well, then, um, things transpired. I became very inspired to turn my room that, my family so lovingly called my witch room, which basically was just the room that I sit in to do therapy and be at peace with myself. Um, 
somehow that's witchery. Uh, <laughs> um, I decided to turn it into a healing space for um, Reiki and other things that I provide for people for like energy healing, you know, all the love and light. So um, I'm super, super excited about it. It's very fulfilling. I'm very proud of myself because I have um, educated myself and done a lot of things which make me very proud of myself. And I love sharing this part of my space with people that I love and care about. So cut to me, like making myself ill because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything halfway as my friend loves to point out. So <laughs> my friends had a little intervention for me. My husband had a little intervention for me of like, honey, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to build an empire of healing this week. What is happening? Yeah. So anyway, I, I took a little step back. I removed myself from social media except for five minutes a day, um, which I'm still doing for the most part um, when I, I was actually truly physically sick this weekend. So I let myself have a little more time on the Instagrams because I needed entertainment. But anyway, I had to give myself a little time out from all things productive in that regard. Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's not like it's all bad at all. It's just that you get super passionate, which I, in this scenario, you're very passionate about it and you want to help so many people. And once you kind of open your eyes to it, it's like you see it everywhere. Yes. And how you can affect change or help people or, you know, it positively like touch people's lives and you want to, you know, share what you're doing. It's kind of like when you were um, really intensely doing therapy and all of this stuff where it was like, well, I want to share all the things that are free me. So other people feel free like I am. Yes. And it's, it's so beautiful, but it's like a fast track to burnout land because. Exactly. Of course, like you can't just be pouring out and doing all the things so actively uh, all the time. You know, it's just, it's just too much. Yes. Yes. Too much. I'm going to have tattooed on myself the words too much. Um, <laughs> no, the thing is, is that I, um, whenever I'm passionate about something that can also be a business, I'm so like entrepreneurial minded for some reason, which is so weird to me. Um, but if there's a business avenue to what I'm doing, that takes over, like the idea of. Like literally within a month's time, I went from, I'm going to turn this room into a healing space to like give this to my friends and loved ones and maybe some of their friends that they might send this way and to, okay, I'm running a full on business. I have an Etsy shop where I sell like these things that go along with it and oh my gosh. like insanity. <clears throat> Why? Yeah. I don't know. My brain is like, well, I partially know because I asked my therapist, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I doing this? And she sent back a book. Like, she didn't even reply. I said, can we talk about this at therapy? And she said, of course. And then she sent a book and she said, you really need to listen to this. The book is called The Borderline Mother, I think. Okay. So basically what she was saying is, after I listened to the book, I that's how I create my security. Um, I did not have my security provided by my parents. And um, security from my mother was contingent upon performance in the later years of my life with her, like relationship and 
all of that was contingent on like how well I was doing or if she approved of me. And so that it is an obsession of like, this is how I create security for my family, for my whatever, for myself, financially, for like my role in this world, whatever. I become all in because, hey, I have to earn my space in this world. And so this is how I do it. And I have to do it 1000% and it has to be perfect. Oof. It's painful. Stupid. It is stupid, but I hear you. I, <laughs> it feels a little close to home. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, get you a therapist that will just send you a book and say, have fun. That's that's cool. Thanks, Rach. <laughs> Thanks, Rach. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed. I mean, I'm sure she wouldn't do that just any time to anyone, but she knew exactly what I needed to hear. It went along with so many things that we had been working through. And I just, like, she sent it back and I could hear her tone of voice, like, in whatever the text was of like, here's your next step. Good luck. Oof. <laughs> oh, yes. But also the confidence of like, oh, you're ready to dive into this was very, um, you know. Yeah. It makes me feel proud of myself. Here I am doing the work. True. And that you can see it. It didn't take hitting. I mean, you definitely had to like wear yourself out to an extent, but the fact that it wasn't like to death's door before you saw it, right? Like that it was like, oh yeah, here we are. Shit. Okay. Back up just a little bit. Doing it again. Here we are. But isn't that like so relatable. I mean, how many of us in whatever direction where we're like, go, go, go. Oh, fuck. Okay. Here we are again. All right. Back up. Back, back that ass up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is when I wish we did video. (laughs) Don't you all want to see me do whatever you imagine I'm doing right now? It's very cool, you guys. I am the height of cool. Uh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, but I I mean obviously I we know you and I are like this, but really I'm thinking about all of the people in my world and everyone I know has this quality to some extent. Yeah. Of like fixating not fixing well kind of like you get on a roll and and everything you think about is circles back to whatever it is that you're currently Mm -hmm. working on or a hobby or a project but let it be known like I do this in every way I decide I'm gonna I this is the progression okay I see my God, I'm so crazy. I see a stained glass thing that I love and I could buy it for $45 or or I can go spend $275 on all the supplies you need to make it, spend seven to 10 days practicing trying to learn how to do this stained glass, which is hard as fuck <laughs> and decide I should have just spent the $45 to make this or to <laughs> buy this because hey I hate this craft oh and B $275 in supplies which uh-huh. are not all necessary but when I'm going to do something I want to have all of the things I want to be a professional at it Immediately. Crafts, jobs, (laughs) like vacations, whatever. Yeah. It is amazing. I I do think that people probably tend to have some of this quality on some level that we know, but like you your ability to kind of want to take it to like and then I'll do this as a business and then I could sell it and then I could this and then I could whatever. Like or you know, whatever. Like I could expand it for the masses. Yes. Like, I definitely don't think everyone has that. 
but on some level for sure. I mean, I think the base level of that is like when you're, as an example, like when you're buying a car and you've decided you want a Honda van, all of a sudden you see Honda vans everywhere. Yes. Or you're pregnant or you notice pregnant someone pregnant and then all you see is other pregnant people where you yes. had noticed before. Yes. <clears throat> that- I, yeah. Please let me clarify. I know not everyone is completely insane like I am when it comes to like hyper-focusing on whatever the new thing is. <laughs> I don't think it's insane. But yes, I think everyone has variations of that. <laughs> Different levels, possibly. <laughs> but I do get, I mean, it is, it is true. It's, it's like um, our Enneagram, my Enneagram, you know, obsession and, and you've, you know, with therapy, like seeing trauma. And yes. so everything is seen through that lens. Yes. And yeah, Aaron. It's hard. It's hard when everyone has an Enneagram and everyone has trauma and everyone yeah. wants to do stained glass. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it is so hard knock life, guys. But I, like, in all seriousness, after I... Stopped and really, like, did my internal, like, what the fuck is going on with me? I really did, like, realize, wow, this is a coping thing for me. Like, in, yeah. to some extent, an unhealthy coping. Um, Especially in light of, like, well, somehow in my introspection or... Like, I honestly think at one point I may have Googled what the hell is wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) And then put in some symptoms of what was going on. This this article about um, attachment to outcome, I think is what it was called. Is that what I said? I think so. Yes. Attachment to outcome. Um, Anyway, it comes up and gives an example of this couple who... excuse me, this couple who was selling their boat, like they decided they were going to sell their boat to free up some cash to, I don't, I don't even remember what, but in the article, it talks about how they put the boat up for sale. And then every time someone would come to look at the boat in their minds, they, this was the people who were selling the boat. They planned out, we'll go to the bank. We'll do this. We'll transfer the title here. We'll do this, like all the practical things, but then also like, and then with the money, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And like, had it planned out to the nth degree, um, the attachment to what that outcome would be. And I'm reading through it and I'm like, Oh my God, like how much do we do this? in my household, like my husband and I both are very much, um, you know, you're going to take this job and then we're going to live in this part of town and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And like, it takes off and runs away with us before we even know for sure that the job is a done deal. Mm-hmm. Like, and I am 1000 times worse than him. Like this last, this last move when we knew, like, we literally knew my husband had been offered the job and he was like, you are not going to think about this until we have the email that says when we move, like, yeah, <laughs> or, or the, like the signed agreement of this is your new position or whatever that he gets from his company. Like, he was like, you are, you cannot, I'm not letting you do this. And still it was impossible for me not to go there. Like yeah, the attachment to outcome. So anyway, that is what I sent to my therapist and said, what is wrong with me? Why do I do this? And that is when she sent back the thing about the book. And literally it comes down to that's how I create safety in, in whatever times like that is my, trauma response to any sort of transition and also my like well when we talked about it she was like it's kind of just a scarcity mentality of 
I have to create all of the answers Mm -hmm. in order to feel like we're going to be taken care of. Yeah. I think it's also, um, I was just looking some of that stuff up too. The, the secure, the, it's providing security on some level, like you said, that safety and security and sort of a sense of it, it has to be on mine. It's mine to carry entirely. Right. Like I can't trust that that's going to happen any other way, which when you do look at like, Oh yeah, that's cause that's been true. Like, as exactly. a child, as a child, that yes. on some level, your safety and security, mm-hmm. you know, you felt like that was the case. Yeah. Well, it's so, for me, it's so deeply ingrained. Like it started as a child, as a, as an, literally as an infant, like mm-hmm. for me and life has had circumstances that reinforce it at every freaking turn in yeah. the road. Yeah. And and now it's like a self-perpetuating situation. <laughs> like yeah. life may have stopped creating that insecurity, but now because I'm so afraid of the insecurity, I then do things to avoid it, but in in sometimes it just turns out creating more of it. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's Wow, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're right. It is. It's the feeling of I have to shoulder it all. I yeah. have to. I can't trust anything or anyone else to make sure that this happens. It's all on me. Yeah. Ugh. I relate. I relate. I relate. And it's hard when things, I will say, especially as a kid, when things sort of prove, prove it to be true mm-hmm. when you were young. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I shared this before or not, but I have a biological dad mm-hmm. that I don't have any, anything to do with at this point. But, um, in my younger years, I did have to go visit him like state ordered kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of crap went down when I would be there. And so I remember being very young. I mean, we're talking five years old and thinking, I can't tell my mom about this because she can't handle it. Yeah. And for years, that was the case. And so even as of what, maybe a few years ago, I was talking with my mom and I said, you know, I felt like I couldn't tell you about yeah. things. Cause I didn't think you could handle it. And she was like, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. And it was just one of that moment where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I, and, and it's one thing to say that was true. That might've been true then, but it's not now, but she kind of was like, yeah, that, that was true. And that's probably still true. Yeah. And kind of a like, don't tell me. Right. And exactly. she, she's a wonderful person. But yes. she was acknowledging, I think, her limits. Like she just knew she kind of couldn't handle it. Yeah. And in one aspect, I go, okay, that's fine. And the other, um, it sort of reiterated that kid thing, right? Of like, wow, yeah. you are still telling me that you couldn't. And it's still mine to carry. Right. And okay. Like that, there's, a, there's an injustice part. Like my, you know, where you... Like see yeah. it as the adult and the ki- and yourself as a kid. Yeah. And you're like, that's really screwed up that you're still telling me that it's still mine to carry because you couldn't yeah. handle it. And I can't even now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like that little girl inside of you is still wanting mom to, to provide comfort, you know, like right. she's still in there. Yeah. That, <laughs> that time and those hurts are still in there. And like, we need these people to be like, Oh, especially in my perspective, especially mothers, like, you know, there's just so much that a mother can provide to our children. And I think you and I work so hard to give that to our children. Like, yeah, 
overcompensating or just compensating. Like, just like, okay, I may not have had this, but I am sure as shit going to give it. That's right. And to have a moment of vulnerability with your mom and know that that little part of you needed her to provide what you know you would provide your kid Mm -hmm. and not get it. Like it's so painful. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it's, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but like, no, but it, but yeah, it, it's, it's certainly if, if, uh, if nothing else disappointing, like, okay, cool. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. It is. And like you said, it, um, reaffirms that yep I was right then and I'm right now (laughs) yeah honestly and and you know at the same time again like my adult brain has to go like you know everybody has limits everybody has like this is all they've got and it'd be easy to just be like pissed off right and yet there's part of me I think that we have to acknowledge their own humanity and they're like, that is probably the limit of what you have. Mm-hmm. It's not because you're, I guess this is my thing. I don't look at that situation and think you're being actively withholding. Right. You just actually don't have that skill set. Right. To that extent. Like we've reached the limit of what there is. Yes. And it's hard to be angry Mm-hmm. Or there's, or it doesn't feel like there's a lot of point to be right. too angry at a certain point mm-hmm. of like, you've kind of just, that's, that's all there is. Yeah. And it makes me want to go, well, that's not all I've got. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. like you said, I mean, certainly with our own kids, I, I think, well, not only do I not want them to experience any of that ever, um, and they haven't as far as I understand or know some of those things. Um, but I never want them to feel like there's something that's beyond, you know, I mean, there's things I don't have answers to, but it's certainly not beyond my ability to care or handle or carry or want to join, join with them. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think like we are a people, probably a lot in our generation of, like it might hurt like hell, but I'm still going to do it because yeah. better to hurt like hell together than for you to feel alone or me to feel alone. Like, right. in this. like I'm sure as heck not going to make it feel like you're on your own in this kiddo. Yeah. I'll face the pain so that <laughs> you don't feel abandoned at least. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It might be a little bit of my own you know, shit talking, but. Yeah. But I do think there's something in that. Yeah. Like for sure. And that's the, the deeper, heavier side of things, right. Of the like compensating or whatever, but and wanting then to create security in all of the ways. Yeah. For our selves and our people and. Yeah. Not wanting them to experience what we felt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like, I don't want to pass on this trauma, (laughs) but also like, I also have to provide, I get, I get to reparent myself too. Like, as I go through these times and I realize, okay, crazy lady, you are literally wearing yourself down to the bone here to create security, but actually your life is incredibly secure. It's okay. You can yeah. get off the treadmill. You're fine. Yes. yes. And like provide that assurance that maybe I needed to hear 40 years ago. Right. Today. Like, yep. we're okay. Well, and for me, and I think for you too, 
we are lucky enough to be able to say to ourselves also that you also don't have to carry it alone. Yeah. Right. You have created a community around you Mm -hmm. that you can trust. You have a partner Mm -hmm. that in your life that you also can like stop, take a breath. He's got it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and that in itself is really beautiful to be able to look around, you know, and go, okay. Or even just that you've taught your kids to be capable to like, I can take today. I can take today and take care of myself. They're going to be fine. The household is not going to just totally fall apart. Right. And some of that again is that our kids are older a yes. little bit too. We don't have, you know, a two-year-old that that's just not possible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you do have, you have created a community that you didn't have growing up. You've, yes. you've got something now that you didn't experience then mm-hmm. in the same way. And same, like, yeah. um, you know, I had a best friend and her family, but outside of that, like I didn't see a lot of that. We were a part of a church and that was cool. But as far as my parents went, they'd have different, like a friend that was a good, good friend or whatever. And that was sweet. But as relational as my mom is, she kind of always had a little bit of a, there was a, a wall or a something mm-hmm. where they kind of were only to so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have a community that I've been able to build with deep friendships and letting people in and seeing all of the parts of life, right? Like the, the celebratory, the mundane and the really hard, shitty, ugly, embarrassing Mm -hmm. and everything all a part of it. And to know that there are people that give a shit about me, give a shit about our kids, about our family and that, you know, no matter what, there are people that have your back yeah, and a partner that same thing, you know, that will say, Hey, I see you spinning out. I see you, Mm -hmm. you know, going too far and giving more than you have. And you're, you're on the road to burnout and I need you to take a sec and know that you can, Mm -hmm. because it's not, it doesn't have to be all on you. Right. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like I'm always so mindful when we have these conversations of times in my life where I didn't have that community around me. I didn't have the openness to my friends or my people for them to even see what I was going through. Like it was all so closely guarded and so mm-hmm. um, I was so private and so withdrawn that even if friends or community did see like, Oh, she's struggling. They knew they better not say anything about it. Like I was not going to be open to hearing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, for, for whatever reasons. And I like, I'm mindful of people who are in that space for whatever reason you don't have, they don't have people around who are that community. Like what the heck do you do when you feel so alone in that? But I honestly, like for me, I had to get to the point where I could be vulnerable to have one person yeah say one hard thing <laughs> that like was so um eye opening for me to be like oh my god i have to let my i have to let people in like yeah. i'm dying alone right and this is kind of a tangent but i think also like relevant because I, I think 
when we do become like my whole drive was creating that security. Like it's all on me to create this security. I'm not, I can't even care what other people think or say or do or feel. I have to just focus on creating this security right now. And, Mm -hmm. but really there was an army of people around me who would have happily helped. Um, just support me while I was creating the security or while we were finding our path as a family. And not until I made a choice to be vulnerable was that, were we really not completely alone? So all of that to say, like, we're really not meant to be completely alone. Yeah. It's not possible to have a thriving life. And it may seem impossible to even know where to turn to, to have support from outside of yourself. But I don't know. We just, we have to take one baby step (laughs) to get to that place. I don't know if, I know I'm rambling, but I just feel like it's very important to be said, like, there's an element of not being able to be, to get off that hamster wheel of Mm -hmm. like self-driven, drive yourself into the ground in whatever way or capacity without someone there to be like, hey, you're spinning. Yeah. So what would you say? Was it just about, not just, was it about kind of being able to look around and go, wait, I think maybe there's somebody that I could test the waters and try being vulnerable with and, and being willing to just like try to, to do that and see how that goes. I honestly Um, don't know that I would have been able to do it without starting therapy. Gotcha. Like that for me. And even when we were doing family therapy, like before it was my own therapy. Mm-hmm. And and I would say I am a very severe case. <laughs> like, sure. I had years upon years of every kind of abuse as a child and then different kinds of abuse as an adolescent and young adult. Like, so... I was pretty much a locked down prisoner in my own brain and soul, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, like therapy was honestly the only way I was ever going to feel safe with anyone. And honestly, at the time that included my husband, like he was so wonderfully long suffering and I got your back forever and ever. Like our love is true and real and we're going to, we're going to get there. We're going to get you out of that prison cell at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for me, I needed someone that was just a neutral party that was safe that I knew I was paying. And so they had to be there for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't think that that has to be, I think it, I think like what you said, I think there can be a, this person seems like an okay person to test the waters with. Yeah. Somebody somebody you just met or somebody you reconnect with after 20 years, like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to, I kind of think, you know, if it's, if there's somebody looking around, if there's somebody that seems sort of realish, right? Like Mm -hmm. not everything is shiny and perfect and they're willing to be imperfect in front of you. Maybe that's a good just start. And not that it's like, let me vomit all of my issues on you and hope I don't scare you away. But like, just to think of one vulnerable thing, Hey, I'm actually having kind of a hard time. Yes. Sometimes even just to say, like, I think I don't always love being a mom. 
<laughs> like just say that, right? Like, yeah. which when you have little kids, I sure as hell felt that. Like yeah. I loved my kids and they're worth it. But there were some days that it's like, oh my God, this is hard. This sucks. This is not. Mm -hmm. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean I'm walking out. doesn't mean whatever, <laughs> but like, yeah. but I think just to hear somebody else go, not be scared away by that. Yeah. And to say like, dude, me too. Yeah. Like it's, this shit is hard. And I mm -hmm. cried while feeding them lunch because I was so tired and just wanted them to take a nap. Like, just try a little something. Like it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be a negative thing, but like, right. you know, I don't know. I just think test the waters, look around, see if there's somebody, if you truly feel like I don't have anybody I can be real with, I, I think yeah. maybe try that. Yeah. Well, and even possibly a step before that of be honest with yourself. Yeah. Fair. Like just be vulnerable it. with yourself. Right. And acknowledge and admit some things to yourself. Like for me, that was probably my first step, even before therapy was being like, oh my God, I feel broken in every way. Yeah. I, okay. That's true. That's real. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, but I am a, an absolute firm believer that as soon as you take the first little baby step, the next step forward becomes clear. Yeah. And the next door open or the next door is in front of you that you can open. Like it's literally baby step. It's what about Bob? It's baby stepping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I know that from experience with myself, like, and I have seen it so many times people around me, like just saying, okay, I want, I want to want this. Like, right. right. Yeah. I don't want it yet, but I want to want it. Yep. Like just it, it truly setting that like mindset opens the door to like, okay, here you go. So whether, you know, you're a, a faith-filled person as far as God or whatever, yourself, like whatever it is, like I do honestly believe that I've said it a million times, like setting that intention is everything. Yeah. Agreed. So... Yes, this is my sermon for the day. Like <laughs> I've been so preachy lately. <laughs> well, it's coming from real experience, though. Like, just your own truth. Yeah. And same. I mean, yeah, the outcome, attachment to outcome is definitely a challenge. I mean, I think in some ways, like, it's a good thing. I don't think it's all bad. Yeah. But, but the, I think the, the fear that usually also comes with it, right? right. The fear of failure or the, the, like, the fear of what happens if I don't get the outcome that I yes. want. Yes. Is, is, you know, that insecurity or whatever is the not great part. Right. Right. I was talking, so we, of course, you know, we're all in, in, uh, between Roz going to college and a wedding in our, you know, within the next year and all these different things, we've got several savings things and goals. Yes. I'm a goal person. So, um, every week as I've saved, like, cause we've broken it down by week, what we need to save. Cause I'm a nerd. So we've broken it down by week. Um, and also because of what I do, it works for us to yeah. do this because like I actually get income like every day I work, you know? Yes. So it's not like Aaron gets paid once a month. I get paid whenever the hell I want, but basically, yeah. you know, so breaking it down by week works for us. 
So every time I reach that goal or my own internal goal, which is actually more than what the written down goal was, <laughs> I feel very successful. I'm like, babe, we made our goal this week. We got it. I saved it. We got it. <laughs> and he just looks at me like I have seven heads. He's yeah. just like, okay, great. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel so much like, oh, I made it. Yes. <laughs> And I feel like that could be related somehow to <laughs> somehow my security is tied into um, attachment to that outcome. And even though I think it's like in a positive way, it also is like, okay, calm down, crazy lady. It's going to yeah. be okay. <laughs> Either way, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. You know. And just like taking it down a couple of notches. <laughs> yeah. Because with yeah. that can come a paranoia of we can't do this other thing that came out of right. nowhere. What are right. we going to do? Because we have. These we have things. this plan. We have a plan. Have yeah. <sighs> Doesn't leave a lot of room for like breathing. <laughs> totally overrated that breathing that breathing some Stole bullshit <laughs> shallow breaths shallow breaths people <laughs> it just all comes god dang it Jim, Jim's like forever and ever and ever principle of life is it all comes back to balance babe you just gotta balance yeah I'm like Fuck you and your balance. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> You're all in. <laughs> oh, I we're all know. on stained glass and we're all in on budgeting. <laughs> God, our poor oh. husbands. Not really. They are pampered pooches, but they do put up with a little bit of neuroses as well. Maybe. It's fine. Maybe a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even, I'm thinking about my stressful morning of the stupid checking account situation. And honestly, even that was all self done. My yeah. husband mentions, I'm going to swing by the bank and open a checking account today because our old bank is not in town. And so we don't have a physical place to go if he, this is what he said, if he wants to go in and ask for a cashier's check for $5,000, he wants to be able to go and do it and have it right there. To which I said, hmm, probably not possible, but okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it started with him saying that simply, I think I'm going to swing by and open up that checking account because we have talked about it for two months. Okay, but it hasn't been done because yeah. I didn't care. It was his thing. So he was just simply saying, like, obviously you don't care. So I'm going to go do this today and immediately. Something switched in me to where I had to handle it right then. Yeah. Like, I don't know that you have all the all the information for it or blah, 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 blah. And he, so then he, he had left and I call him like, okay, but you have an account at this bank, da, da, da. And he was like, okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just got it done. And like, da, 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 whatever. And he was like. Okay. I was just kind of excited to go be an adult today. <laughs> like I was going to go do an adult thing, but thanks. And I literally was, as we have been talking, I'm like, Oh my God. I, it's not that he's not capable of opening yeah. a checking account. He probably opened five before we were married. Like, yeah, clearly he can handle it. Right. Nope. Not in this house, buddy. I do it all. <laughs> <laughs> no adulting for you. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, anywho. Yeah. If you want it done right, got to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's not the lesson. <laughs> well. It might be how we're living sometimes, but it's not really the real thing. <laughs> All this to say, don't come to Nicole and I for advice. And anything we may have said at this podcast, maybe just do the opposite. Like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
We are clearly speaking from the struggle. <laughs> yeah. None of this shit comes from our, from like, my, like, We've pride. arrived. No, yeah, no, no arriving. <laughs> nope. This is what I learned this week. Okay. Yes. So, this is so what I'm working on. Us. That's Take right. anything that might res- resonate and do with it what you will. Don't come. There are no money back guarantees here. <laughs> yes. Find a friend. Do the things. Yep. Absolutely. Love yourself. Love yourself. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> oh, God bless us all. It's fine. We're living yeah. on caffeine and Red Bull. I love it on Be Real when you show pictures of your locker at work and there's a case of Red Bull in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm being real because mm-hmm. I like I said, you know, though it I was off the train, I was real good, I was on the wagon of like not drinking it because I saw a whole thing about how terrible it is for you. And I went through like getting off of it, not drinking it, and then my mother-in-law moved in with us and I felt like I was going to die because I was so tired and getting, it was not an era of sleep. And so I started up on it again and it got me through and I, it was both good and bad. So I know it's not good for my body, but it did get me through. And I hit an era of like zero fucks given on anyone's judgment in this because I'm doing a lot of hard shit. And it was kind of freeing. Because I kind of was like, I got I let go of the like shame of like even hiding it. Like I was like, yeah, here I am drinking a Red Bull. Get over it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we're still on the tapering off phase. Yeah. But yeah, some days you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And I'm not like drinking. It's not cocaine. Exactly. And I'm not drinking booze in the workplace. Like it's just stripple. True. So, True. You know. So there you go. I support you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Not that you need it. No, because I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, you know what? I have done that in so many parts of life. Like, there are so many things lately that I'm like, I am a 46-year-old woman. I can decide if I want to put that in my body or do that. Yeah. It's true. That's, that's, there is a freedom that comes with some of that. Like, I'm a grown ass woman. I'm going to do what I want. That's right. Yeah. Praise be. Praise be under his eye. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a mixed bag, folks. Thanks for coming along on this adventure. That's right. I like it. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. I think we're good. We're just going to work on not attaching our value to an outcome. Oh, we're God. Gonna... That made me throw up in my throat. <laughs> just a little bit. And we're going to try to find a person that we can trust if we don't already have one. Maybe step one is yourself. Yeah. And that's okay. Yep. That's right. But also there's, you know, doesn't have to just be on you. No, it's good. After you, if you have, if you have achieved trusting yourself enough to say, holy shit, things ain't good. Then step two is maybe there's someone out there that you can walk up to them. Even if it's a perfect stranger and say, holy shit, things ain't good. Do you want to be friends? Just do it. <laughs> it's true. I will say, I do think that people are open to, and people are wanting friendship because Taya was telling me even um, uh, several different times recently where she was meeting someone for like photography or meeting them for something else. And they started talking and they were like, you're really cool. Would you want to hang out? I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. I'd really like to maybe be friends. Yes. Like people want that. Yes. So you are not the only one. If you are feeling that, if you're feeling like I could use a person, 
More oh people feel that than, than you realize. Yeah. Literally every person in this world right now, I think there is an aspect of, wow, I could use another person in my life to like, whether that's casual, like just have fun with. Yeah. Or have a deep conversation with like, I mean, not me. My heart is full. Please don't come to me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> my heart is full, but also empty right now. So I might not be your best bet. But I really do think like the ma- the vast majority of our society is so needing connection. Yep. <sighs> okay. Before I get all up on a soapbox again, we better yeah. get the hell out of here. Yeah. We got shit to do, people. Go with God. Don't do too much shit, though. Like, (laughs) don't burn out. Don't burn out. Don't go to Hobby Lobby and spend $275 on stained glass supplies. (laughs) Just borrow borrow some from Kelly. That's all you got to do. Shit. I got a library. If you want to start a craft, call me first. I probably have a library of supplies for you. (laughs) Some people have crafts. Some people have crafts as hobbies, and some people have buying the stuff for crafts as hobbies. I would be the latter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Except now I'm on a stupid budget, so I can't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to go. All right. Hey, guys. You are not alone. We love you. We love you. We love you.